Hey, what's up, Kiki crew? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you all to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, or guests come on the show, and we basically kiki about whatever the topic for the day is. So this week, I have a return guest. She is a therapist, and her name is Brittany. Brittany, you want to go ahead, say what's up to the Kiki crew. And for those of you who didn't hear her last time she was on the show, you know, just give them a little brief description of what, what it is you do or like an update. Okay. So hey, Kiki crew. Um, my name is Brittany. I am a therapist. Um, I identify as millennial. That's like a big thing for me, as well as like being non-traditional. So I sit there and, you know, really kick it with my clients, sharing, you know, my own stories and things that I feel like help to illustrate certain concepts. Um, so I work in private practicing clients, but I also have my own business, Be the Change Therapeutic Services, where um, I provide life coaching, couples mediation, you know, you and your baby daddy can't seem to get along or communicate. I do with stuff like that. Um, workshops, uh, consultations for businesses or people who are interested in getting into uh, therapy as like a therapist or counselors. Um, what else do I do? I'm an author. So I just released a book last year, my first self-published book, The Things I Wish I Knew, A Millennial Guide to Learning the Mental and Emotional Concepts that the school system and our parents didn't teach us. Um, it's my mm -hmm. baby. We talk a lot about boundaries and attachment and codependency and um, self-care, coping skills. It's really just an all-encompassing uh, piece of literature that I wanted to put out as like self-help, especially for the Black community, because there are a lot of these concepts and foundational things of like how we become the people we become and our family dynamics and how we're raised um that really shape us and so I wanted to provide a guide for people who were looking to get more therapeutic um guidance on that even if they are unsure about going to therapy or in therapy it's a great tool so yeah outside of that and I do YouTube keeping it a buck with me on YouTube where I also discuss you know mental health emotional wellness um Sex, relationships, dating, current events, you know, you kind of name it, I talk about it. And so that's, that's pretty much my spiel. Yes. And keeping it a buck with B is definitely entertaining. Like, of course, it's, you know, a place where you can go and, you know, get some insight from, but she'll definitely have you laughing too. So I definitely say check her out on YouTube and, you know, cop the book. I know we all got some, some things that we dealing with from our childhood that we haven't necessarily dealt with. And that don't always mean like you were abused or sexually assaulted or anything like that. It's like she said, it's how you were raised and how you became the person that you are, um, where your ideas come from and things like that. And I think it's important to at least acknowledge some of the issues that you may have and learn what the root cause of it is, you know, and that's not to say, hey, go out here and start blaming your parents or, you know, your family for not doing what you think they should have done. But, you know, just just acknowledging that, you know, you're dealing with some things and it's OK. And I think a lot of that come from just boundaries in general. Um, but again, check out the book check out the um, YouTube. And at the end of the episode, Brittany will definitely let y'all know where y'all can follow her at, where y'all can patronize and buy the book. But we gonna go ahead and get the show kicked off. Y'all know we always had a drink with Coco. And so this week, you wanna let us know what you drinking on this week, Brittany, or what your recommendation is? Um, look, so today we got the water because it's a little, it's a little, what a... <laughs> Been drinking all lately. I'm a tequila girl. So you you Don Julio and a me or Reposado or Casamigos. Um with a little little uh what is it? The the simply strawberry lemonade. Yeah. Grenadine. I like a little cocktail, a little ice, and I'm good to go. Okay, okay. So 
I'll go ahead and make some type of concoction with some tequila, simply lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and the grenadine, and we're going to get it popping, y'all. So go ahead, try it out. I will be making a post about it this week. So, and yeah, I'm drinking water as well right now because your girl's a bit hungover. So <laughs> hydrate. But um, probably I need some ginger ale. Stomach feeling a little queasy, but we here. So um, this week, you know, we keep going into the word on the street. So the first thing is, I don't know if y'all watch Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, but Erica Dixon, she used to be on the show as a show regular, and she is Lil Scrappy's baby mama. And throughout the time that she's been on the show or just the her story has kind of just been like, initially it was a struggle with her and Scrappy trying to figure out their relationship status. At one point they were engaged, then they broke up and he got with Bambi and now they married and got their kids. But, um, you know, I think since he has been with Bambi, I feel like Erica Dixon has felt some type of way, like maybe he don't take care of their child like he should. And so one of the things, like she kind of insinuated recently that uh, Lil Scrappy did not help buy the Audi truck that they bought for her birthday. And... You know, because how she posted it was that she wanted to thank her tribe or her community, which was like the grandparents, you know, people like that, that helped pay for that car. And, you know, kind of just saying like Scrappy didn't do that, even though he was at the birth, like the gifting of the car and made it. I don't know if there was like some type of agreement like, hey, we gonna buy her this car and maybe he just didn't come with his portion. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think it was the the post was a little random, and that's how you knew that like she had something brewing underneath where she even felt the need to post that because the girl birthday was, I feel like that right. It was a minute ago. It wasn't like it was last week or something like that. So mm-hmm. it definitely gives the impression that she gave him time to recoup his funds that he was supposed to contribute to that car. Mm-hmm. he didn't you know and I feel like this isn't the first time where Erica has alluded or spoken to the fact that she doesn't feel like you know Scrappy has been all in but I also think maybe the reason she felt the need to circle back with that post is you know when it was initially when Imani birthday first happened I think that people saw him there people saw them together celebrating her and maybe the blogs or whoever ran with this assumption that like he bought it or they did it together. And I think as Black women, we don't like people taking credit for our work or Mm -hmm. what we had to do. Because I think that's something else she mentioned in the caption is like, I'm always going to come through and I'm always going to figure it out. And so Mm -hmm. I think it, it is normal to get annoyed when you feel like the public is making an assumption about somebody contributing something that they they didn't have a hand in or they didn't right. follow through on you know so i think at the end of the day y'all are co-parenting y'all have to especially at this point where like that girl is graduating high school soon like yeah. she, she just went on prom y'all done had 17 years to figure this out mm-hmm. y'all are still struggling um, to get on the same page. And I think that's the sad part is like mm-hmm. to be 17 year old, 17 years old, and you still watching your parents do like go back and forth about the same BS that they probably been going back and forth about since she was a little girl. So it's yeah. like get 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 it together. And I did see people were saying, like, well, if she uh needed all that help, she shouldn't have got her that car. And I ain't gonna say they wrong, but I ain't gonna say that they right. I think. It's again, it sounds like, or it seems like there was a conversation between the two of them that there was an agreement made mm-hmm. and he ain't come through on his agreement. Right. And I, I wholeheartedly agree that I think that when it comes to co-parents and 
I think it's already probably a messy situation when you can't figure out how to co-parent together, but then for y'all to be in the public light, it probably brings more light to it. Because say if they weren't famous people and she had bought this girl this car, I don't think it necessarily would have been a reason to make that post because y'all family know y'all situation. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so it would just be something that y'all would handle internally. And maybe your child wouldn't even know that this is what was going on behind the scenes. But because they are famous, you know, these types of things are being put out to the media um, viewers or fans or just people on the internet are going to always put their opinions out there. And the concept of being like, maybe she shouldn't have bought this car if she needed all this help, X, Y, Z. I, I will probably have to, I'm not going to say I agree with the concept wholeheartedly, but because we a different set of people. And what I mean by that is we, us, probably wouldn't go out and spend however much, because what did she say, 142 or? Yeah, I didn't even see the price of the car, but I mean, it's an Audi truck, so. Yeah, I, I don't know how much she paid for the car, but that's, we wouldn't go out and buy that type of car for our child, you know what I'm saying? But because of who they are, you know, she want her child to be able to keep up well, all of the famous kids that been on the show or X, Y, Z. So, of course, she would go buy her this elaborate trick. And if she needed help to, to do that, I think if her, her tribe or her community was willing to, then it wasn't her doing too much or, you know, what have you, because she had people that was willing to help and could help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's one thing to talk about paying your half and then you find out that the other person had thing come through and it's like it's not that we can't necessarily afford this it's the fact that like I did my part and the other right part. and this is our child together you know what I'm saying like you should be contributing to her life just like I contribute to it mm-hmm. so all in all I think the whole situation I do think that Scrappy probably need to do a better job at You know, besides just posting that he's in her life and things like that, which I think is one of the things he likes to harp on is like, I'm in my child's life. I help parent my child, but it's more that come with having a child than just being in their life. Like children have expenses. And if you call yourself being a part of Elena's elite, you have to treat your child just you have to give your child the same lifestyle that you live. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was to be paying child support, if if that ever occurred or however that worked, he would have to provide for that child like he would if that child lived with him full time. Because it's crazy for you, to, your child, to come visit you in the mansion or whatever kind of house you live in and have to go back to her mama's apartment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or... You know, she in school with all these rich kids that's driving whatever kind of cars they driving and she don't have a car or she driving a Honda. You know what I'm saying? And so those are things that I think he needs to take into account. Like you did this, you created this dynamic and now you have to pay pay into it. (laughs) And I can only imagine how their dynamics have shifted since he had three more kids. Like they've been our kids left and right and I'm sure Erica's probably looking like you barely financially coming through for one and now you done turn around and got married and now you have three more kids right three more kids so is my daughter going to get slighted because of your choices and you not being able to really manage all of that mm-hmm. yep yep and that's the that's the sad part when you when the other parent move in move on and she like Erica has moved on as well she's had other kids she has another relationship but it's another baby she got twins right okay yeah yeah, I'm forgetting about them twins yeah so it's like she has moved on with her life but y'all still tied because y'all have that child together and your responsibilities don't stop because both of y'all have moved into other relationships Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm But yeah, as women, women always got to come through for their kids. You know what I'm saying? And I I hate that that's even 
a, a, a topic of conversation to be had is that now, I mean, there are some men who are part of their kids' lives that do for their kids and X, Y, Z, but we hear far more about the women who don't have that man in their life doing for their kid and they have to be mommy and daddy. So um, I will say shout out to Erica Dixon for trying to maintain the lifestyle that Scrappy should be helping her mm. provide. So, yeah. And then... The next topic, I really try and keep the Kardashians off the off the word on the street because it's always something with them. But, you know, recently they moved their TV show Keeping Up with the Kardashians to Hulu, I want to say. And now it's just called the Kardashians or, or whatever. But on that recent episode, Kim has this scene where her and her family are wherever they are. And Kanye shows up with this computer and a hard drive and says it's the computer that Ray J held the sex tape on and that he met with Ray J and got these items from him or what have you. And Kim is like crying and, you know, like he didn't do this just for me. He did this for our children, you know, that type of thing. And Ray J made a post or commented about it and said that that's not true. So he hasn't, at this point, he hasn't elaborated as to what part of the story isn't true. You know, like, did Kanye actually meet up with Ray J and get this from him or, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, girl, you can't, that video been out for so long. So many people have seen this video. It's been leaked 50 million times. It's probably, I don't know if it's on the porn sites no more or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, girl, that's out there. Like, you did what you did, and it's out there. People seen it already. Like, at the time, you should have be, been thinking, one day I'm going to have kids. What are my kids going to think? Like, that's something you should have been thinking about when you made that video. <laughs> yeah. And I actually feel like I read or heard something about Kim later coming and saying that this whole idea that there was a second piece wasn't true. Like, mm-hmm. I think that uh that may have been the part that Ray J was alluding to is mm-hmm. and that's what the math don't be mathing with some of this stuff because as you see that aired on their show but there has been speculation like I said I remember seeing something about Kim saying like no that's not true and then Ray J came and said it's not true so yeah. what the hell did Kanye bring to y'all and you was all up in arms like I just I don't it's so many missing pieces to the story and like Mm -hmm. you said this has been out for what 10 years at least if not longer I feel like the early 2000s right so at this point I don't even know why we're revisiting this because whether or not the footage is actually still out there or they just scrubbed the internet the reputation is attached to you Mm -hmm. regardless Regardless if nobody ever sees this footage ever again everybody knows that at one point you had a sex tape with this man yeah and scrub your reputation not for real uh, somebody on the shade room say you know she want everybody to forget about it but she keep bringing it up and it's just like that is true. Like nobody is thinking about what you did with Ray J, but you find a reason all the time to bring it up. Like, I don't, I've at this point, I want to say this happened like 20 years ago, but 20 years later, however long it's been since this has occurred, it's just like, why, why are we still talking about this? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you so shame about what you did, why are you still talking about this? You can't be too shamed because this is how your career was built. Like after that sex tape is when your mom, when Chris Jenner turned that into gold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there is a reason it be getting bought up, you know, I don't know. But at this point, they they just need to let that storyline down because there's so much other shit we could talk about when it comes to Kim and the Kardashians where like, we don't even need to go to the sex tape anymore. Exactly. 
Like we could be talking about you and Kanye and y'all weird ass relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so many other things you could, you have a storyline outside of this sex tape. Yeah, absolutely. You being with Pete Davidson, ain't that his name? Yeah, yeah. Again, very, very weird. I just, I, I don't have no more explanations for the Kardashians. I don't <laughs> But I, I really wish that those people, like, I stand by this and I believe that the Kardashians will do anything they can to make somebody else look bad and make themselves look good at a because I also saw recently like the first man she ever married um I guess she was saying she was on pills or something when they got together when they got married I guess like they were asking like all the incidents in her life that were like maybe not the best she blamed it on being on pills or something like the sex tape being married to him and that man, like, I wasn't on no pills. You know what I'm saying? Like, our kids go to the same school. How do you think that make me feel for my kids to have to, to, to hear that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you married me because you was on pills. And I think it's rude because just like you don't want nobody talking about how you had this sex tape with Ray J because of your kids. Why do you think you can bring up other people that you've been in with the past and speak about those instances negatively, um, calling them mistakes and all of these other things when those people have children too? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. In general, I see, look, keeping up with the Kardashians, it's too much to keep up with. At the end of the day. Because they keep some shit going. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. Um, And I tend to have not much to say because it's <laughs> where it's like especially because their dynamics are different where it's times where you like omg like cute nice whatever like and then other times where it's like girl shut up like this is dumb so i mean i guess that's the the narrative or the image that keeps them going is like you love us but then you also hate us at the same time yeah it's almost like a um uh, a real life keeping up with the Jones type situation you know what I'm saying you're never going to be able to keep up ever you're not going to be able to keep up with the drama the fashion the none of that you know what I'm saying like but people people keep buying into it and they keep getting rich (laughs) richer so um I will, I will say, I feel like the real reason she keep bringing that up is because she know that is what put her on the map. Because prior to then, she was just Brandy's assistant, cleaning out uh, famous people's closets, organizing their closets and stuff. So that is what, besides her father being who he is, that is what also, this sex tape is what really put her on the map. Yeah, yeah, definitely pushed her forward. And that's the thing, it's like, I give credit where it's due, like, the family has done a lot to monetize and to really glow up the foundation mm-hmm. that they had, you know, years ago before yeah. we really knew, you know, what they was about. And so that's why it's it's often conflicting because one minute I'm watching Chris Jenner set out Easter for everybody. I'm like, oh look, adopt me. And then yeah. other like, y'all messing with Black China. Like it's just it it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and then they in court with Black China right now. <laughs> it's just it's just too much going on, and that's why I legit be trying to keep them off the show because it's just like y'all got too much stuff. Because a lot of times when it's like a lot of moving pieces to a story, I don't like talking about it because then I have to get too far in the weeds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying to put all the information out there, and I'm just like. Yeah, it's too much because they have they legit have too much going on, especially in this current moment. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I I definitely say Kanye needs to just whatever his infatuation is with Kim at this point, like let it go. At this point, I feel like she has gotten all the kids she wanted up out of you. And now she is ready to discard you like she has done the other men that she has married in her life. So you need to just go on and move on with your life too, Kanye. He, he does. And the one thing I will say, 
that I feel like being a mental health professional, I do give Kim credit on. It, it is, it's, it's not easy to date someone who has a mental illness. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, of course, when they first got together, there was a lot of judgment about what her motives were and all of that. But she has really like stuck by this man through the last few years and tried to make, you know, justifications for his behavior, tried to do damage control for him. And so that is the piece that I like to acknowledge about Kim and mm-hmm. marriage to Kanye is that like, I'm not going to take the heat off Kanye because he merged himself into that family. You know, mm-hmm. like he could have chosen anybody on this earth and that's who he decided to marry and have kids by, you know, so mm-hmm. apart the things that have happened are also he needs to be accountable for himself for the the decisions that he made right but also i do think that you know i i don't agree with this whole trying to paint him out to not be involved in his kids like i don't think kim is that girl i really don't i think that kim really tried with kanye to support him through all of his antics his issues the things that she knew was even a bad look for her and her family right like it could she could have divorced him a while ago and it just when got he first to- started talking about running for president. <laughs> exactly. When he started endorsing Trump, like you know, a lot of that stuff. So I do I give her I give her, her credit on that because shit, a black woman would have been like, I'm not messing around with you in this. You yeah. don't have to figure it out with without me, you know. And so mm-hmm. she rolled with him through it, you know, and I think that that, that piece is definitely the the good part of her that I will acknowledge as far as how things have kind of trans transpire over the last few years um and their kids and stuff so yeah yeah I will say Kim has that honestly if I don't think if Kanye went off the rails I will say they will probably still be married married. Um, because I genuinely I do genuinely feel that Kanye is the person she wanted to be with you know like I feel like they had been through so much to even get to the point where they could be together. So I do think that um, she did, she would still be with him if he didn't go off the rail. So I do think that part is self-inflicted. And when it comes down to doing what's best for you, you just, sometimes you got to do what's best for you. And if removing yourself from a situation where someone will not take their mental health as seriously as they need to, um, then yeah, you have to get out of that situation because nobody deserves to be in their home and feel crazy or whatever because somebody else in the house is crazy and not taking their meds. <laughs> no, I think it, it was probably definitely a lot of chaos for her mm-hmm. towards you know the end of their relationship. And I think there was even moments where like there had been discussion about divorce a minute ago and it didn't happen. And I think, you know, that was maybe her saying, I'm trying to stick this out. You know, we got these kids and all that. Yeah. Um, but like you said, you get to a certain point where you want some, you want some peace and you don't want to yeah. always be, it's one thing to be attached to stuff in the media that you have actually done that, that, you know, you are responsible for, let alone your partner constantly being put in the limelight because the things they're doing things they're saying mm-hmm. and the backlash of that right yep but that's enough about the kardashians and so now we're going to go ahead and get into the hot cup of cocoa in this week's hot cup of cocoa It is stemming from the TV show on Netflix called The Ultimatum. Um, I think a lot of things went on on that show that we probably normally wouldn't do in regular life. So we're going to basically talk about ultimatums and the show and what we thought about the show. So, Brittany, what exactly are your thoughts on ultimatums in general? Um. I think that ultimatums can be a very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes I do think that they're necessary, but I think the only difference between an ultimatum and a natural consequence Mm -hmm. is overtly demanding and stating it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like if there's not like, if I was to say you cheat on me again, I'm leaving you. 
this is not really, it doesn't sound like an ultimatum. It sounds like a boundary being stated and it sounds like a natural consequence to certain actions. But then right. when we put uh, an action in there where it comes to marriage and things that we want and say, if you don't marry me in the next two years or the next year or whatever, I'm going to leave this relationship. It seems to have a more negative connotation to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes ultimatums are a little necessary to get us to where we want to go. But like anything that we are presenting based on something that we want um, as an action from somebody else, it's all about presentation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just like a boundary, an ultimatum, you have to stand on that. Yeah. So no room. You know, if you sit there and you give an ultimatum and then you don't uphold whatever you said you were going to do as a result of that, then you kind of, like I said, it's like your boundaries, they lose their power. Yeah. Um, People don't take them as seriously. And then you're really in a predicament of being like, okay, now what do I do? Because it didn't work. And Mm -hmm. I didn't follow through with the consequence that I said I was going to implement in the event that this did not happen. Right. But I think when it comes to the uh, the objective of in, in implementing an ultimatum when it comes to marriage, it gets even more complicated um, because when we think about the dynamics of traditional marriage, you know, between a man and a woman, there is this expectation and this tradition that men hold the power. Mm-hmm. Men are the ones who decide when they want to marry you, when they want to have that commitment, when they're going to propose. And so I think for women, sometimes we feel a loss of power and control in that dynamic because it's like, I'm doing all of this investing, but I don't really have a say-so into when we propel this relationship to the next level. And yeah. so the way that women try to regain some of that power is by putting this ultimatum in place. And as we mm-hmm. saw from the show, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you yeah. know? Um, my own mom tells me that when she started dating my dad, you know, she was in her late twenties and she said, look, um, I'm at a place in my life where I'm not going to do this past two years, you know, because I eventually want to get married and I want to have kids and I don't, I don't have time to waste on that. So we can date for a year. We can live together for a year. But after that, I'm going to have to bounce if we're not on the same page as far as when our next step is is, in marriage is coming, you know? So I think it's one thing to state your expectations through the door. And it's another thing to get to your wits end and be like, look, you need to do this or it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, How it was presented on the show I think, because from what it sounds like is that your mom said this fresh out the gate. You know what I'm saying? So it seems like your dad knew what he had to do in that time frame. You know what I'm saying? And he had time to prepare himself to be like, is this what I want? You know, X, Y, Z. So when he made that decision, it probably came from a place like, I want to live my life with this woman, you know, X, Y, Z. I mean, we don't know what happened between that initial conversation and when he actually proposed, but the fact that they're still together, they're still married, he, it sounds like he made the conscious decision without regrets that that's what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think it's a bad thing to have ultimatums in your relationships or to set boundaries. But also I think that when it comes to marriage, you have to make sure that when you bring this ultimatum about, you know what I'm saying, that you're going to get the response that you want. You know what I'm saying? Because like on the show, people people weren't saying, I don't want to be with this person. It was, you know, I just want to be sure that this is just the decision that I want to make. Um, because marriage is a big commitment, you know, and it should not be entered into lightly. And I'll say like, when I got married, I didn't feel like I packaged it as an ultimatum because I was just saying like, well, if we both want to be married, like what what are we waiting on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I was saying it that way. But then later on, when we were going through our issues and stuff, he was saying, you know, we should have never got married, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's just like, well, fool, what you asked me for? 
you know what I'm saying? Like you should have been a man and stood on your principle of being like, not right now. You know, so to me, when you think about an ultimatum, like you say, it definitely depends on how you package it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I think if you have these types of conversations, like from the get go, like saying what it is that you expect from the relationship or what it is that you're trying to accomplish, um, I think it's important to have those conversations up front. Because I'm not going to say all men just be dating just to be dating. Maybe they are out here looking for a wife. You know what I'm saying? But maybe you need to put them in that that thought process or mind, mind process from the get-go so that they know, like, you know, there is a certain amount of time that I have to make this commitment to this woman. And, you know, I need to get my mind right to do it. So for me, like, now, if I were to tell my boyfriend, like, hey, you need to marry me within the next two years, I wouldn't say it like that. I would just say, because at this point, I am in my mid-30s. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, look, I'm not saying we got to rush and get married or nothing. But with you saying you want to be married when you have ch- you have children, you know what I'm saying? It we ain't got that much time. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we all like to not think that there's some biological clock ticking, but at 35, they consider a woman to be um, geriatric (laughs) when they, when they having a baby. And so to me, if you calling me a geriatric patient at 35, that's telling me there are going to be some type of complications with this situation so maybe we time is not on our side yeah you know what I'm saying so you need to make the decision rather soon on what it is that you want to do because we ain't got that much time and yeah we hear about 40 year olds having having babies and 50 year olds having babies but some of them women are very rich and can afford the special care that's probably needed to help them through that pregnancy or can hire a surrogate to, to make that happen for them. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like, if I were to give an ultimatum now, it would typically be rooted from that standpoint. And it's like, hey, you do what you want with that information, but you can let me know now, like, you don't see yourself getting married in the next year or two. And then I can be like, okay, then I can bounce, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and you hit on a couple good points that, because I do couples work, you know, with, um, in therapy with clients and in my own dating life and just kind of across the board, the whole biological clock thing is where we seem to find a lot of this disconnect. And even when you look at a lot of relationships, why do we think that men are more likely to date down? It buys them more time to still be able to have a family mm-hmm. and not in the time that they want to have the time that they want versus dating somebody who is their age or maybe even older um where they they have more pressure because it's like look i that it's not something that we can ignore that your risk increases the older you get when you want to have kids Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like i even have had to poke at certain narratives that like the guys that I'm interested in or I hear men talk about like oh yeah I want to have kids but I want to get married first or I don't want no baby mama and it's like but what are you doing to 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 put the marriage piece first because y'all are just so ready I want to be a dad I don't, I don't want to be no old daddy but you want to be married so which one is it either you want to be a baby daddy and you don't want to want to want to be bound or you're going to start to actively and in, in, with some intention date so that way you can do the steps the way that you would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is really is such a tough spot for women in their 30s where you're dating somebody who you could see a life with. You know, you want these things with and they're unsure or they don't know. And like I, I worked with a couple who they started dating when I think she was 32. He might've been 33, 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time she said, you know, in my mind, I told him he had, I think it was either a two or three year span. Like, yeah. look, I'm getting older. You know, she ended up staying for five years. 
and they got they they just got engaged and so but she hit a point where I want to say maybe two years ago where she found out she had fibroids and Mm. so at that point she bought back the conversation not necessarily we need to get married but we need to start discussing if we're going to have children or right. you want to have children because I want to have children. And now I'm in the position where that's going to get harder the more I go through having, you know, these, these issues with fibroids. Mm-hmm. And they had temporarily broke up because in her mind, she, she, I, again, this is, he say, she say. So right. he, he don't remember that conversation. She said that he was closed off to having the conversation about having kids. Mm-hmm. And she basically put it to him like, well, I'm just not going to be using protection. And he ain't like that. Cause of course for a man, that sounds like you're trying to trap you're me. trying to trap me. Yeah. So they weren't on the same page, broke up, ended up getting back together. But I know from working with them, she has resentment because mm-hmm. not only did you know that we were in our early 30s when we started dating and you waited five years to propose and now we're in the place where we're trying to rush having a baby getting mm-hmm. married, building a house we we can't do that and have space you know some people want to get married and wait a year or something now it's like yeah. when you hit that age bracket you got to do everything within a year or two span yeah when you have fibroids or you're older or you know not even necessarily older because i have women who, you know, I, I'm friends with who are in their late 20s having miscarriages their first time around. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I, I feel like the more my age range is having kids, the more predominant this whole idea of like miscarrying your first child is being mm-hmm. like, pushed in my face. And I'm like, wow, that is really scary. scary. You don't, the thing about it is like, sometimes you don't even find out that you can't have children or you're going to have difficulty, difficulty having children. Until you start trying have kids yeah so sad so it's just so many moving pieces that i feel like motivate women to have to light some fire under these men asses because like you said i do think that a lot of them get complacent they're just dating the next step seems so intimidating to them for whatever and i think there isn't enough focus on what what does being ready look like because of men are just held back by fear it's not that a lot of the shit like we not ready to do but we we get ourselves ready to do it you know because it's things that we want but i think men they they let themselves kind of coast and that's Mm -hmm. what we feel like that the show showed um in the engagement between alexis and hunter it's like when he kind of realized what was going on and he like yeah, I mean, I guess no. I think I am ready. Like we yeah. should. <laughs> like it just—it's what makes sense. And so, mm-hmm. um, usually when I meet men and they're like, you know, even when it just comes to dating and getting in a relationship, and like, yeah, I don't think I'm ready. What does that look like? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Is it a number in your bank account? Is it um, certain expectations you have of your partner? You know, um, especially when you've been with somebody for a minute, it's like what. Is holding you back, right? Pursuing the next step with that person. Mm-hmm. Is it you or is it them? But us dating and just still having a, a good old kiki time or whatever, that's not that's not gonna get us anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we could just be dating it and frolicking. No, like people are ready to get into the next chapter of their life. So mm-hmm. some intention has to be there. Yeah. I don't um, too much subscribe to uh, what's that man name who just be saying dumb shit. Uh, yeah, him. I don't get too much into what he be posting about or the conversations around his topics, but I did see him post not too long ago. Like, of course, it just popped up on somebody on Instagram on one of the blogs. Okay. Uh, but basically saying something like women over 35 need to be okay with sharing a man. What? Like, I can get the part where you probably insinuating that a man is going to date a younger woman because of that reason that we talked about is that they're able to, you know, start their family when they deem necessary. 
you know what I'm saying? Versus with a woman who is in their 30s, where it's just like, okay, we got to try and beat the clock now. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, that's the only thing I can see you being, you see you saying something like a 35 year old would have a harder time with being in a relationship or finding a man to be in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? But to say she need to be okay with sharing her man, hell no. Like if you not open to being in an open relationship or polyamorous relationship, I don't have to be okay with that shit. (laughs) Right. And it was interesting. So I just had, uh, we could call her a, a somewhat of a friend. I went to college with the girl, but we more so kind of cool on social media, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've had different talks and she has just gotten really into Kevin Samuels. And she says, you know, I really needed to, I think when you get past his presentation, you can really listen to like what he's trying to do. And to her, she's trying to, propel the black community forward and get black men and black women today i said okay she said you gotta really watch this stuff consistently to really like get the idea and so over the last week you know there was his latest like headline of a video saying that women over 35 were like leftovers um i didn't even necessarily hear the piece about him saying that they should share but that piece doesn't shock me Mm um i think that the difficult piece is women or black women more specifically, like there's always this this option of being alone that's left out. Mm-hmm. Like instead of me having to date and share somebody, instead of me having to date down to just find somebody just to be with, I could choose to be alone. Like I could choose to have my own peace and my own shit and not deal with, and I, and I could just make that decision to date casually and to just let that be my ministry, you know, right. kind of the whole the rich auntie bad, you know, yeah. she ain't married, she may not have no kids, but she's living her life thing, right? Mary J. Blige. But everything, right, everything is so projected in, well, if you want to get married and you want a man to want you, these are the things that you have to do. And it's like, I understand where my, where the girl was coming from as far as his sentiments and saying like, there are, and this is, I could break this down in many different ways. As far as the overarching idea of Black women being successful, we there, right? We already know that it's more of us than it is of qualified, also very successful Black men. That is one of our issues, whether we blame it on, you know, systemic factors with more of our men going to jail, whether we blame it on, you know, part of the male population is gay, whatever, all of these Mm -hmm. factors that makes the pool smaller and smaller. And um, I was just having a conversation with another male friend where I was letting it be known that it's not even always necessarily about like we black women, we don't get the privilege of being able to say, we want somebody to be our financial equal. Yeah. We get shamed for that. Right. Cause it's like, well, you got all these, you know, these regular men and you don't want none of them. And it's like, the issue is, not even that you have to be this high earner as a man. The problem is that men don't, let's just put it plain, a lot of men do not bring other necessary components to the relationship. So if you're not going to be a breadwinner, but you also aren't going to want to do emotional labor, you're not going to do physical labor with these kids, where is your value? Mm -hmm. women weren't the ones who made men's value be in what they provide and what they earn right Right. that is patriarchy we didn't we didn't create that system um but it's very difficult when as a and i'm not even i'm talking about you know black women who are maybe in that hundred thousand dollar plus bracket you know um who want somebody that is their equal yes there are black men making that type of money but the pool is smaller Right. right? You got to narrow down the black men that want to date black women. So there are so many different moving factors where for somebody like Kevin Samuels, who is twice divorced and, you know, again, they say a a broken clock is right twice a day, you know, and that's how I kind of look at him. It's like, does he probably make a valid point or two every so often? Yeah. Or as far as, as far as I think the realistic idea of what we are up against. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. a black community and as black women who want to date and you know all that other stuff but 
it's not it's not easy when you have certain standards like I tell people all the time I miss like dating in college because Mm -hmm. everybody was on the same level it was so many other things that I didn't have to worry about yeah as as an almost 30 year old dating and then doing what I do for a living I gotta vet you for so many things because I'm thinking of the bigger picture right a young man gay sons how do you feel about that? I'm not bringing no child to this world. As we know, a lot of black men hold homophobias. A lot mm-hmm. of straight, black, heterosexual black men hold homophobia or even aspects of it where it's like, oh, I don't agree with the lifestyle, but it's, I mean, I'm cool about like just things that I still find problematic. How you feel about R. Kelly? How you feel about Tory Lanez? Like yeah. all of these different situations that we've seen play out that really speak to a person's values. Yeah. You have to ask, seven, 10 years ago that I have to now because there are different implications of what those answers mean, you know? So um, it's just, it's it's a lot of different layers that I feel like Kevin Samuel sometimes misses. Yeah. Um, But I think that he he actually, I don't want to say he prays, but there's a certain population who kind of looks to him for validation. Like the women that call his show, I wouldn't, like, why do y'all feel like this is who y'all want to ask for advice? Yeah. Suggestions. Why is that the person? And I think that speaks to who, what you're dealing with inside or your own insecurities where you feel like you looking for this man to validate you. Even on Twitter, like there are threads about like, oh, where the women that do this? And then you got a bunch of women in the comments like, I do it, I do it. Why do y'all care so much? Right. Because what is what is that man bringing to the table that he asking, can you do X, Y, Z? Girl, some dirty draws. <laughs> like, I'm all but, about finding their equals, but we don't have to. I'm, I'm big on just not, not settling. But so many people, they're just not okay with being alone. And that's what yeah. I feel like a big part of it is. It's like, yes, we all want companionship. Many of us want marriage. When Many of us want kids. And it's like, at at what sacrifice? Because I work with a lot of couples, you know, even the idea of partnering or marrying a man who at a certain point, um, I call it choosing partners out of your traumatic relationship. So if you, let's mm-hmm. say you had a man, you'd have been cheated on in all your last relationships. And then you finally meet a man who's loyal. He, he love you down. He, you ain't never got a second guess him. Mm-hmm. But you get further into the relationship and you realize like he can't lead. He's also, you know, black women date down all the time as far as financial. So he's not the breadwinner. He don't lead. He don't really help out with the kids the way that he needs to. You making all the decisions. And now you still realize that I'm not happy because I'm in this marriage and I'm doing all of the labor. Yeah. But I spent so much time focusing on this one beautiful piece about this person that I didn't have from anybody else. Right. But all of these pieces matter, you know, like mm-hmm. one isn't necessarily bigger than the other. Yeah, there are areas of compromise, but when it comes down to how each of you all see your roles and how you want to function in a relationship, those have to match up. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think when it comes to relationships, I think everyone involved needs to understand like there are things that need to be given within the relationship on both parts you know what I'm saying and you have to be willing to give those things if that is what you want so if it comes down to your significant other giving you an ultimatum or setting a boundary it's important that you think about all the reasons that this person may be setting this ultimatum and a lot of times if someone is given an ultimatum, they may not necessarily know how to verbalize why they feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Or the importance behind this decision or to make this next step. And so maybe it is something to think about to do mediation. So when I think about this show, The Ultimatum, I think the method and how they handled it was kind of weird, you know, with setting them up with different people But I think ultimately it was trying to help them get that perspective of why this person is asking for an ultimatum. And especially from someone outside of their relationship, 
you know, because now you're as a man, you're hearing from another woman why your woman might be asking you to make this decision already. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was cool, kind of, sort of, not really, that <laughs> they they were set up to like live in apartments with other people, like date other people. I think that part was okay. I the date the other person the other people type deal because you're now seeing like maybe it's something that your person gives you that you don't think this new person can give you or you know helps you to see that maybe the person you've been with is not the person you need to move forward with so I like that aspect of it but the whole living together part of it um I think presenting the opportunity for them to physically be with somebody else I don't think was necessarily a good move but I do think it was like some form of mediation yeah I think it put, it helped them to put things into perspective which is the purpose of the show and people being presented with an ultimatum is like well if you don't want to move forward with me it also leaves the idea that somebody else could want to move forward right i think something that you touched on that's important is if you're going to issue an ultimatum you need to know why why you're doing it before you even do it and i think Mm -hmm. we saw that like with uh with ray and zay's relationship where it's like ray was very gung-ho in the beginning about needing to get married but babe you don't even really know what you want deep down like that that started to gradually come out um and i think that that is the the interesting piece because people will push marriage just because they feel like it's the next step mm-hmm. this, is, this is what we're supposed to do because that's what she kept saying she was like i got the degree i got this exactly like, now we're supposed to be getting married yeah exactly and that really can go left mm-hmm. uh, because you're not acknowledging why you and this person should really decide to have a life together. Mm-hmm. You're kind of checking it off as the next piece of your puzzle in this life stuff. Right. You're using it as a way to, um, like, I think some people feel like, well, if, if he's not marrying me, then what does that say about me? Like your own insecurities are showing up as far as or like the whole, my friends are all getting married and I'm not getting married. Like, it's the wrong reasons right and I think before you even go through that step of saying like all right this is it you have you gotta know like why are you why are you pursuing this mm-hmm. because the show kind of show like this is what you signed up for and now all this stuff is coming out and you don't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. yep because so, at the end of the show she they ended up she ended up not even being with the person that she left with she in a whole relationship with a woman you know and I so I I like the concept of the show because I feel like it helped everybody to see what was important and what they really wanted or to help them understand why maybe marriage was not the next step like you still need to figure your damn life out right and so it's not a bad thing to have ultimatums in your relationship but I think you need to like legit know why you want this person to make that decision. Because a lot of people are not going to make decisions just because, hey, it's what my woman wants. You know, like you going to have a man or maybe it's a one, maybe you the man giving your woman the ultimatum. But you going to have somebody that's going to really try and analyze that shit and be like, yeah, no, I don't want to do this. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like really try and like hold off on making that decision without giving you a reason you know what I'm saying like because like I said sometimes people don't know how to verbalize that but um I do think it's important to when when you feel like you at this crossroad crossroad to try and do some type of mediation because both parties have reasons as for why they want the next move to happen or not happen and maybe a third party can help y'all figure out what what y'all's reasons are or figure out how to verbalize what it is y'all feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I have another couple that I'm working with and they've been together for like seven years. And, you know, she's obviously in a place where 
she's ready. Like, what are we doing? We live together. You a surrogate father to my daughter. Like, what are we waiting on? And mm-hmm. um, for him, his main reasonings, you know, outside of like him trying to get his own self together as far as like stability and job and stuff is like, I think we need to learn how to communicate better. And, and that's been his thing for a few months now. And she's just kind of like, I don't understand what that's going to look like because communication is forever evolving, right? It's forever right. progress with your partner. Um, so she's like, so we can't move forward until you deem that our communication is right. And I have to tell her, I say, look, you know, you know what you want. And he doesn't have to have all the power, but if you're going to have a deadline in your own head about how long you're going to deal with this and wait around, then stick to that. That's okay for you to have, you know what I mean? Like you, that, that is the only way you continue to show up in this relationship, the way you feel like you need to and do your best. And, but you can't control him. You can't make that man get down on his knee and and say, he wants to marry you, you know? So if your time has reached, because I think she said, you know, 10 years is it. I can't do more than 10 years with a person. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I think right. that y'all already got seven in the game. Y'all talking about buying a house. That's more than fair. Girl, if y'all buying a house, what's holding y'all back from marriage? Because that's a, a liability. And as women, uh, look, we sit there, we think that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like April was like, you bought me a car, you know? Like, yeah. what, what, what else is there? And so... I, you know, I think for men, they have to go through their own process uh, and seek their own counsel for what's holding them back or to potentially lose the person that they've started to build a life with because mm-hmm. you know she wants that level of commitment. Yeah. So if you think it's that, if y'all communication is that bad, then break up. Yeah. But you can't keep holding her up either. Because mm-hmm. why are you buying a house with me? If you can't marry me, you say we're not communicating. Conversation, you know. Yeah, I'm buying the house on on my own, but he's contributing because I don't know if we need to both put our names on this. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. I think when it comes to relationships and how you move forward and all of that, like it's gonna look different for every couple. It's not gonna look the same. It's not a one size fits all. You know, just because your friends are out here getting married and having kids, that don't mean that's what you need to be doing at the same time. You know, support your friend and be happy for your friend and be, I'm not going to say be comfortable where you are, but definitely make it known. If you're in a relationship, make it known to your partner how you feel. Um, If you are not in a relationship, put put yourself in a place to date. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not going to find your man sitting in the house. Like, they're not just going to break break in and say, hey, we together now. You know what I'm saying? Put yourself in a space to date, you know, and work on you. And I think that's where having a life coach or a therapist or something like that can help you in that endeavor to make sure that you're in the right space to be married or, you know, make, make the steps necessary that, to find a person, to marry a person, all of that. Like, even if that means finding you, a, I don't know if you call it a mat, a matchmaker, but somebody that specializes in like helping you be the best version of yourself yeah. to, to be in a relationship with somebody. Because there are people out there like that, uh, relationship coaches, I think. Um, I've had one on the show before. I would actually love for her to come back on the show, but we just got to get the schedules to align. But, you know, I it's important that um, you do everything in your power to make yourself right. And I think when people are in those places, I think they can verbalize what it is that they want or why they want the things that they want because they've been working on that. You know, they've been talking to somebody that's helping them realize what it is that they want and not just because I just want this because my friends are doing it, you know, so don't be afraid. And this is for both men and women to seek out those professional people who can help you in those endeavors. So, yeah. Brittany, you got any final words that you would like to say? I would just say, you know, don't don't get caught up in this 
this idea that you haven't got your person or the relationship that you want or you know you feel like you've been looking for as a result of self-neglect you know mm-hmm. I think that you know a lot of times we push this whole like love yourself it'll work out and at a certain point that hits a wall you know like we could do a lot of self-work but also we have to acknowledge the external factors mm-hmm. that sometimes interfere with us being able to get the relationships that we want and it's okay to acknowledge those and it's okay to be sad that they exist you know and that makes it harder for you today like we are in a completely different era than many of our parents were so the dynamics it takes to actually like like somebody be with somebody on top of all the screwed up messages that we see on social media day in and day out it is hard you know so I think at the root of it at least be happy with self be content yeah. with self you can still want more and you know want the the fairy tale and the kids and the white picket fence and you know all of that stuff but um I think it's more so to black women I think we have to reach a point where we have to find other means of fulfillment outside of these roles and that's okay you know Mm -hmm. what else is going to sustain me and fulfill me throughout life if those things don't happen because Mm -hmm. as women as a whole we get very tied up in if these things don't happen it's something wrong with us and it's not you know like it's it, it just certain things just don't align you know certain things just aren't in our path um and also not not folding because you know you in your 20s or even in your 30s and it hasn't happened you got a whole lot of life left to live yeah so you don't know what's gonna happen so just continue to prepare yourself and be ready to receive what it is you're asking for yes yes say that but Brittany, you want to go ahead and let everyone know where they can follow you at on social media where they can buy your book you know just keep in contact with what you got going on Yes, so um, you can follow me on Instagram at be the change TS. Um, I'm also on Twitter. That's at bring it brat underscore b r i n g b r a t underscore. That's also my TikTok. Um, the website for the book is www.bethechangets.org. If you follow me on Instagram, there's a link to my website already there. So you can also kind of go through that medium to find the book. Again, YouTube is keeping it a buck with B. And um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, again, thank y'all for tuning in to the show every week or, you know, when I post the episode, but I appreciate it. Um, y'all can follow me on social media at Kikian with Coco on pretty much all platforms. Um, yeah, my website, Kikian with Coco podcast.com. If you go there, you can basically contact me, social media, email, however you would like to make contact. You can do that through my website or my Instagram. Um, again, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And until next time, bye. Bye.